right at this moment, there are men everywhere, doing manly things. Beards unkempt, hair run amok, leaving them in a state of hair despair. And that's just what we can see. Never mind what's going on downstairs. But it doesn't have to be that way. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and enter our promo code FINSUP to save an instant 20%, get free shipping, and help quell the hair despair in your life. These bearded bros are counting on you. Won't you help them? It's time for the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast, hosted, of course, of course, by me, the legendary Savak. But I am not alone, of course. As usual, I am joined by <laughs> the indelible. Is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. Well, too bad I don't have my little pocket dictionary on me. You should have seen it, man. When I was playing in the uh, Jason Taylor Foundation's poker tournament. I actually broke out a government-issued dictionary to look up a word that Jason Sarney said, but that is neither here nor there. My <laughs> Finn Addicts ambassador to the north and my brother from another mother, the one and only handsome Jimmy. How you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? I, I was going to call you a nerd for pulling out the pocket dictionary, but I didn't know it was under like a good cause, like the Jason Taylor Foundation. So I'm going to hold back on that. Um, not sure why you had it on. You had a poker turd, you know. What? Oh, that was virtual, though, huh? Right? Yes. Because of COVID? That's yes, right. That's right. That's right. All right. So that's a little bit different. All right. I guess, yeah, Sarni probably wasn't down there or you weren't up. That makes more sense now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we were online. I was actually at my mama's house, scenic my mama's house, and that was fantastic. So it wasn't even a pocket dictionary. The sucker was full size and came from a military base somewhere probably out in Southern California. And what did you call me? Inedible? Yeah, maybe. Indelible. <laughs> Indelible. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a word or not, but it sounds like uh, like prestigious. You Doesn't know what I mean? It? Like it sounds like it's a fancy word. So, I I, so. we can probably just assume that I, I am not indelible. <laughs> so, Hey, how about this? Let's use it in terms contextually. I think it fits and it is prestigious, man. Come on. It's okay. Hat we, tip. Exactly. If I was wearing a hat. Anyways, we decided to come back to do this episode, of course, because, you know, we were taking some downtime. Feels like we've been kind of everywhere and back, or at least I have, man, at least up and down Florida. It's been absurd. Uh, but there hasn't been a whole lot of news to talk about, but we are on the verge of free agency now. And so there is so much that is possibly going to happen. Now, of course, I don't try to swim in the speculation, at least not anymore. A younger me would have, and it's not that much younger, but a younger me would have, <laughs> but tell me, tell me what were your thoughts before we even get to free agency. Let's talk about a couple of these moves made by our lovable team down there. Uh, 
some of which had a lot of our fan base kind of looking at the team with a little bit of side eye action. So, like, first and foremost, they cut Kyle Van Noy. What, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that one came out of right field, man. That that was pretty unexpected um, for a few reasons. He, you know, he had a good year. He seemed to be a good influence on the team. And I think most importantly is we just signed the dude. He was our like one of our prized free agents 365 days ago. Um, and then now all of a sudden he's cut. Uh, you know, it, it just was surprising to me. And then I kind of just put it away. Like I, I trust the team, you know, Van Ginkle uh, had a very good year. Um, shout out to a man you already mentioned. Jason Sarney shared some great stuff comparing their production um, and percentage of time on the field. And kind of if you scaled Van Ginkle's, you know, percentage to the percentage that Van Noy was on the field, Van Ginkle would be outperforming him. Um, so Van Ginkle in, you know, a limited time compared to Van Noy had a great season. Um, so, you know, and then with this COVID year now and the cap and how it's, how it's going, um, we got to kind of trim everywhere we can. I was going to say trim the fat, but Van Noy is not fat. The dude's a good linebacker, um, but he was a cap casualty. And uh, then I was just like, oh, okay, it is what it is. Like, that's what we're dealing with this year. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it, it, the only thing I, I saw someone mention it on Twitter, some, someone in the Dolphin family who had been showing me love recently. You know, I'm not on there a lot. I've been more so lately. Shout out to everybody who I got a lot of followers just over like the past like week. Um, so I appreciate all that. I love talking to everybody. Um, I just love BSing. Um, but I forget who it was. Someone made a comment that really stuck out to me. How is this going to have an impact on future free agents coming here that you're here for one year and then boom, you're cut. Um, and but, like, I read that and I was like, Oh wow. Like that's an aspect I didn't even think of. Like other guys are going to see this now and like, Hey, I'm supposed to go there well, and I'm just going to get chopped after a year. That's, that's exactly it. The biggest part about it is like, it's that he was signed to a four year deal and he was cut in after the first year of his four-year deal so i mean that absolutely is something to think about that wow yeah that's a good that's a weird aspect of it i saw a good counter argument was that like hey like these players are businessmen they're professionals they know the situation that teams are in right now with this cap and uh how covid affected all of this and they understand this year and you know they're not going to hold it against the team but at the end of the day, like that's a business move. And in every professional sports league, that's where we hear a lot of hate getting thrown from players towards owners is when they treat these players as just, you know, inanimate, you know, assets. And then they make business moves and screw them over and cut them. And guys don't like that. And nor should they. Um, and the NFL already not being dubbed like a player's league you know, there's already kind of this disdain towards ownership and management and all this. So I don't know, it could just, it could be a bad look, but I understand it. Like well, I get it. I think the, the real issue arises out of morale, plain and simply, because exactly. when you're looking at a situation like this, you're asking these players to come down. And in, in the case of players like Kyle Van Noy, you know, seasoned veterans who come in with a little bit of a resume and that you sign for extended contracts, you're expecting them to come in and be leaders. You're expecting them to be a part of changing the culture. And then 
they do and they buy in and they're wholeheartedly invested in this. And then all of a sudden, one year later, oh, you know what? Sorry, we can, we can save an ass load of money if we let you go. So goodbye. So I, I can understand some of the concern. Uh, but I guess some of that's going to depend on the position, although you would have imagined that def- defensive players might have been a little bit safer considering Brian Flores' history, you know, as a defensive-minded coach and that these are, you know, you know, in essence, his guys. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I was reading a little something about, I, I, and again, I, I apologize, I didn't know this, I, I hadn't seen this yet. Um, Miami tried to trade him beforehand. No one wanted a piece of it. And uh, they're getting the sense, some of the stuff that I'm reading here in the Miami Herald, that Van Hoy was going to be uh, a little bit overpaid for his position and his talent. So I don't know, it's kind of getting read as like a, a smart move. And I guess if the rest of the league wanted nothing to do with it, if they, I mean, if they cut the guy straight up, cut him, then they probably would have taken a six round pick for him. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. you might as well just take anything if you're going to cut him. And apparently no one wanted to give up anything for him. That is so, kind of interesting considering I mean, that, that was a very good year for him. I mean, aside from the fact that he missed a couple games, a few games, uh, yeah, he missed a couple games that otherwise it was a very solid year for him, you know, uh, six sacks, uh, 46 solo tackles. So that, that would be his third highest uh, total solo tackles in a season. It is actually the second most sacks that he's ever had in a season. Then, of course, he was really involved in the uh, pass coverage. So six passes defended. I mean, he had a very good year. He did. He did. And uh, Mike Clay has him uh, from ESPN has him listed as the fourth best linebacker in free agency right now. That's not including edge rushers. Uh, you know how everything's kind of hybrid now. Yeah. But he's got him behind Tennessee's Jalen Brown, Matt Milano, and Seattle's KJ Wright. Matt Milano looking like he's not going to be hitting free agency. I'm pretty sure I just saw something up here that Buffalo either already worked it out or they're going to be working it out with Milano. So, um, yeah, he, he's going to find work and he's probably going to find it fairly, uh, fairly quick after the league year kicks off. But they're just saying that it's going to be uh, going to be at a reduced salary now. I, yeah, yeah, coming off his best. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And per what you were saying, yeah, the Bills, absolutely. They signed Milano to a four-year, $44 million deal. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I saw that. According to a source, that is. Yeah, you got got Buffalo sources. (laughs) I got Buffalo sauces. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. (laughs) Thank you for that. That was a good one. I like that. That was good. But. In terms of talking about that sort of thing, I think the biggest issue we were looking at, I guess, next to wide receiver, and we'll get to that in a second, was probably our offensive line, which brings us to this, oh, my God, the blockbuster trade that really wasn't. Don't be don't be doing that, man. <laughs> don't be doing what? Let's get all sarcastic with it like that. No, the, I man, I spent, like – I. Chloe had to like, my girlfriend had to like, all right, chill, put the phone down. Cause I, I was going at it in the, on social media, man, oh with people God. over this, like it, no, it's not like this. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead and we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Oh, you're good. But 
Sorry. I'm getting so, fired up. I'm getting yeah, fired see, up over I here. Not, not, at, not <laughs> no, no, no. at you, obviously, but the, the blood's the blood's pumping. Of it's getting there. Of course. Oh, this is clearly an issue that is near and dear to your heart, and we will handle it with care and finesse. Thank you. Thank you. But of course. But it was <laughs> but it was, and it is, is it was a lot of people had a lot of negative things to say about it, to be honest with you. Did did we even say what the trade was? No, not no, yet. No, I hopped in. Okay, all right. It is us acquiring Miami acquired Isaiah Wilson from the Tennessee Titans. That was their 2020 first round pick, by the way, an offensive lineman who, by the way, in college was also the teammate of one of ours, one of our young guys, Solomon Kinley. Kinley. Yes, sir. Yeah. So very interesting. Now this man, we were actually just talking about it before we started recording. Uh, he was experiencing some like Johnny Manziel level bust action for sure in the time leading up to this. I think he played what something like four snaps throughout his entire rookie season. And, <laughs> you know, he was on and off of the COVID list for violating the protocols and he was out partying and stuff. And I, I had heard some stuff about strippers and there was just a lot going on in there and to all the culminating in the point where he said on social media that he was through playing football dot 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 for the tennessee titans which i had jo- i had mocked him and said no you know blacked out the for the tennessee titans part because i was pretty sure he was probably done after that you know that was quite a am i am i mistaken is my memory not serving me correctly which happens very often or is there like a mo- small track record of you doing similar things with players and then them ending up on the Dolphins. Hasn't that happened before? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it has. (laughs) It's just funny. It's weird. I knew at least of one other story. I I literally cannot remember the details of anything, but I remember something along the lines, very similar of Mm. you doing something on Twitter. And then that guy coming to Miami eventually. I know we had a, we had a couple of them. I know right off the top of my head. I know one of them was uh, Antonio Callaway. You know, we were really hungry for wide receiver help. And I'm like, hey, we should go at least give this guy a look. And sure enough, he ended up on the practice squad. Unfortunately, did not end up turning into anything. But oh, oh, I meant you like poking fun at at a player and then them ending up here. So we're going to look we're going to look back into that and, yes, and try will. to figure that out. I thought there was something. But anyways, can, can I hop in here with this, this, uh, this trade that somehow I, has become like the, the biggest trade in my world. Like I'd ever. be offended if you didn't, this is like Gretzky level trade, like Edmonton to LA to me, apparently, um, the dolphins could have traded for a towel manager that got drafted in the first round a year ago with how this, the details of this trade went. And I would be excited about it. Like, this is just a good trade in a professional sport. This dude was a first rounder a year ago. Now, people want to argue like, oh, he was probably taken a little high. And if you go back and look at mocks, I was hard pressed to find one with him mocked in the first round. But he was still a first round talent, pro football focus, put out the grades. He was, uh, man, was he number one or number two? He was top two of their uh, pro football um, focus grades of linemen coming out in that draft one or two. I can't remember. I've seen it a hundred times. Obviously I can't remember. Shout out to um, hard drugs in my youth. Um, (laughs) um, He, 
he spent his time at Georgia blocking SEC pass rushers. Like he didn't go, this isn't like Montana state or something. He played football at, he played football at Georgia in the SEC. So obviously this dude has some talent when he's on the football field, For sure. just talking potential and on the field, he has talent. Um, now, unfortunately, it doesn't just stop there. It goes off the field and how you are as a person. Mm-hmm. He came in out of shape, came in with an attitude, didn't want to be there. Yes, he uh, he had, I think it was a DUI, right? Yep. Um, and then he got caught at a Tennessee State University party during COVID. But the silver lining there, this dude's like 300 pounds, whatever, he's huge. He jumped from a second story balcony at Tennessee state trying to avoid the cops landed and ran, bro. This wow. dude's like 300 something pounds. He's jumping off of. So he's an athlete, you know, that's like, to me, I read that and I'm like, damn, this dude's an athlete. Look, um, he, he, this it's, it was to me, it you know, is. I, I actually, I gotta say something on that just because I, there was, I remember I, I said something kind of similar about a player that we had, uh, we had brought in. <laughs> Uh, Mark Walton, the running back, formerly at the University of Miami, there was a video of him running from the police, and the man got tased yeah. and managed to hop back up and, and get away moving. from the police. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he eluded him for a little bit after that. But <laughs> hey, uh, do you remember uh, remember Tamba Ali? Yeah. For the uh, did you ever hear they did an interview with him before like a Chiefs playoff game or something? And obviously these situations, you know, him jumping or Wilson jumping off of a second, you know, story balcony is nowhere near comparable to this, but they asked him how he got so fast. And he said it was running from bullets because he was from like Haiti or he was from like a war torn, like African country oh with my. like, uh, with, um, those like warlords, you know, mm-hmm. and this dude, they, he, they, like the interviewer kind of like chuckled, they go, ha ha. And this dude just kept a straight stone face. Like he wasn't joking. No, no. Liberia, um, by the way. Liberia. Thank yep. you. So that has nothing to do with this. I just, it reminded just, me really of that. And I, that yeah. yeah, dude. And that dude was, he was a hundred percent serious about that's it. A, that's my favorite part about it. It's like, ha ha ha. How, how yeah. fun. And he's just, he was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. He, he was, he wasn't joking. Um, But yeah. So, you know, we don't have to talk about a, this, you know, trade of this dude who, probably you know 75 25 gets cut to not gets cut you know before the season starts but uh-huh. i just um i love i just basically love what goes into that trade i love the organization taking a chance on a guy who we has a teammate from georgia on the team he went to the same high school as brian flores yeah. they know each other he knew of him um and this dude getting a second chance, like guys are getting third, fourth, fifth chances. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, um, you know, Tyree kills had some issues. Um, my thing so, is anytime you can acquire somebody, a player that somebody doesn't even matter who it just the player that somebody viewed as a first round talent and you don't have to give a first round pick for it. Yeah. It's a good deal. Yeah, for sure. And I, and so I don't think, and all the trouble started is because on social media, I was like, Oh, you know, we can write off Suell at, at three because of this. And people took it as like, Oh, this dude's not Suell. Like Suell's a generational talent and this and that. And I'm like, listen, I'm not saying that he is that guy. I'm just saying we took Austin Jackson, who was supposedly a project 
okay, so are we turning that project into something or do we got to take another tackle at three now? You know, right. we, we have Hunt, we have Kinley, like, are we building these guys and we're finally going to get some weapons or are we going to spend another pick on a, on a lineman? So, right. you know, we're going to do, you know, a draft pod and everything as we get closer. So I won't get into it now, but it was basically me getting super defensive about like, Hey, this, so now we're going to have, what Kinley was taken in the fourth round hunt was in the second Jackson. We're going to have two first rounders, a second rounder and a fourth rounder on our line. Like how many, how many assets need to go towards our line? You know, it doesn't sound too bad to me, although that was my original plan. You know, I, to be honest with you. And of course this was a very unpopular take last year, but now I'm sure everybody's hopping on that bandwagon, but I, I had, believed in us just beefing that offensive line up with our first round picks you know I didn't even necessarily want to because I mean there was you know there's a number of issues that I had personally with the pick but I mean mean, whatever you know we don't have to get into it if you guys really want to hear it that bad go back and listen to our old episodes Uh, but I wasn't necessarily a fan I was in favor of us just beefing up that offensive line and building a good situation so that you could theoretically put any decent quarterback yeah. in there and get success yeah we I, I remember talking about it i we were on the same page mm-hmm. with all that man trust me i love the, the old line love the trenches i think it yeah it's very important i feel like the ga- games are won and lost right there in the, in the space of a few inches absolutely it's an old adage and it, it's old because it rings true everyone mm-hmm. says it every year that you know it doesn't last that long because it's not true you know um but uh, how much is too much? Like how much? And and then everybody kind of falls back on is well, Suell's the best since Joe Thomas. You know, he's generational. Like we can't. Well, but nothing's a sure thing though. That like that's, and you right. know, the, right? The not people, even not even Joe Thomas was a sure thing. And yeah, this is one of those situations. This is one of those positions where that one guy won't necessarily, you know, be the savior of the franchise. I mean, look at Joe Thomas's career. He was incredible but nobody remembers because he was yeah. on nothing but losing cleveland brown team, browns team so yeah they, they had no quarterback and no weapons yeah <laughs> they, they had they had one good old lineman so but so i you know i, I get listen i'm not going to be mad if draft day pulls up and we take suel I, I i don't think it's going to happen now and i again not saying that it's because wilson's him i think it's kind of signaling from the team for them to go make that move, which is probably more of a depth move anyways. Yeah. But I think it's them. That's kind of a signal to me that like, Hey, we're pretty set up here up front. Like we knew when they took Jackson, everybody was kind of like, Oh, what the hell? Like, Oh, well, I remember Mel Kuyper was like, Oh, the dude's great physically. And he's got some talent, but he's a project. All right. Yeah. Well, so good. We should start seeing some dividends rolling in this season, you know, a little bit. And the, you know, the line wasn't horrendous. Like it nope. wasn't, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't good, <laughs> but it wasn't awful. Like it was, you know, so there's already steps being taken. Um, so yeah. I are in that like three of the guys that were, that were manning that line were rookies at the time. And now exactly. here they're coming back They're you know, they're still under the same coaching staff for the most part. Uh, and now they're going to get that, that extra year they're going to get the training camp and the off season OTAs and all of that stuff. So we should see some improvement and I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. I think that uh, it was nece- It was a depth move, which could potentially turn into, he could be a starter. I mean, there is talent there and he's physically 
if he can get back in shape, of course. Yeah. There's definitely some potential there. So we're, not- we're gonna we're gonna know fairly early on what we got with him because yep. this should be a wake-up call to to the type of people that you want on your football team or just that you want around you in your circle in life. People yeah. make mistakes, people screw up. Then you get a second chance. And those people you want on your football team or in your you know personal circle are the people that realize it and make the best out of it and change themselves and move forward. So we're going to find out early on if this dude comes in in great shape, working his ass off, being a great teammate, um, ready to put the hours in whatever, then who knows what we got, but yeah, he he could just come in with the same old BS man. And then I see ya. If he comes in with the right attitude, you know, uh, and with that, that understanding, that mindset that, Oh shit, you know, the team that drafted me in the first round just traded me for, you know, a, pair of sneakers and and a six pack Gatorade like that, then I think, you know, that's a wake up call and, or at least it should be. And if it's not, well, we didn't really lose much in the deal and he just threw, threw a career away. So, and, and you're right, dude, this dude is closer to Johnny Manziel than he is Antonio Brown. He's not going to get four five, six chances. Like this might be the last chance he gets. He might be further on the scale than, than Manziel. Manziel's a quarterback. He he was going to get it. You know what I mean? This dude's not going to get another chance after this. And that was actually, that's funny that you mentioned that because that was one of the biggest things about Johnny Manziel is he didn't get that second chance on another NFL team and he's a quarterback. Yeah. So you come in acting like that and you're not that premier position. This is likely the last stop for him. If he no, does not get yeah. it turned around. Yeah. There's not a lot of O linemen, man, that, you know, can do the stuff that receivers quarterbacks, you know, get away with and then get a second chance. There's a handful, but yeah, he's not one of them. You no, know, obviously. No, no, he's not. But uh, I do actually want to touch on it before we move on to, uh, wide receivers. I, I, I wanted to ask you about this. What do you think about uh, the backup quarterback situation? Because obviously we might need to add something at, at the very least, we got to add a camp arm or two to compete because right now uh, Fitz is expected to be gone. Right. Yeah. And that leaves yeah, he us. wants to start. Exactly. He, and, and you know what? He's earned it. He's he deserves sure. it. He should go. And he should, if somebody's willing to offer him that opportunity, he should go take it. I also think it's good for us too. not, and I won't get off on something, but I think it's good for us too to not have him behind Tua for sure. Cause then people are constantly going to be doing the Tua has one bad throw. Oh, bring in the closer, bring in, you know? Yeah, exactly. We, we shouldn't, if we, if we're going to commit to him as our franchise quarterback, then we can't afford to have him always constantly looking over his yeah. shoulder. So we're expecting him to go, which leaves just Tua and Reed Sinet. And maybe was Jake Rudock still on the on the squad? I can't remember. I I don't I can't either. I, either yeah. way, are you familiar with Reed Sinet? No. Yeah, exactly. Nobody is. See, <laughs> here's why. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't gonna ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to look to, to look into him because he was cut from Tampa Bay's practice squad last year so that they could make room for Josh Rosen, who we cut. And then we picked him up for whatever reason. Now, the reason you've never heard of him is because he spent three of his four years in college backing up another quarterback you've never heard of because that quarterback is currently playing in Japan. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. They played at like San Diego or San Diego State or something like that. 
Yeah. You know, I had joked. I, I forget what show I was on, but I remember mentioning him and I said, I was like, oh, no, you don't know him because he played at San Diego State of friggin' Montana somewhere up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And He's playing uh, for the Tokyo Dragons now. Yeah, something like that. Actually, they, they have a really interesting setup over there. I think all of their, they've got like, it's like an eight team league or something, and all of the teams are owned by corporations. Yeah, I think that's how all the, I think baseball is the same way, I think. Yeah, it's, it's sure. very unique. So it's like the, yeah. Panas- the Panasonic something or others. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, like, the baseball teams are named after cities, but I thought they were also owned by. So, okay, I didn't know that. They're yeah, named the, fo- at, oh, the football wow. teams are legit. So it's like, this, like the Sony LaserDisc. Or yeah, exa- like exactly. That. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very interesting setup over there. And it, to, to the best of my knowledge, I think that dude's doing pretty all right over there, which, you know, that kind of comes to be expected. But either way, that's why nobody knows who Reed Sinet is because he was backing that dude up. So now here he is. And I, I would, for, hold on. I would hope the guy's doing well. The Japanese aren't known for their football playing. I would hope a, a dude from America would go over there and be dominant. That dude should be the Michael Jordan of that Japanese league, man. I agree. And that's a job. I know not all the guys in the league are Japanese, but I, that was the but least a defensive fair amount the, of them though. That's the least offensive joke that I could come up with. I went through like five of them in my head. I'm like, all right, I don't want to be. That's funny. You know, no. it actually surprises me that more, uh, more college players or college quarterbacks that didn't quite make the cut or just more college. I said players, right? Yeah. Yeah. Surprised me that more of them that didn't make the cut in the NFL. Don't go try over there in Japan. I mean, just for funsies. I didn't know it was that I, I, you know, I got to plead ignorance. I didn't even know. Maybe I saw it before and just forgot it. I didn't even know there was a league. I mean, it's yeah. huge. I mean, you look at LaMelo ball, you know, skipping yeah, they, college and they going played over Lith- there. Lithuania. Yeah. And, and now they're doing a thing. They're trying to combat that, you know, obviously we're not going to get into basketball talk, but they're starting like a league where they're paying like 16 to 18 year olds in the wow. U S now. Yeah. They're trying to combat them leaving, and going or like give them something here right. instead of them having to go overseas. Well, see, and that's the thing, you know, one thing uh, that a lot of people, and I won't go off on a whole tangent thing here, but uh, one, uh, one thing that's been kind of escaping everybody's notice is American football is kind of catching on in some countries, oh, yeah. you know, it's not nearly as popular there as it is here, obviously, but countries like Japan, Mexico, Germany, Canada, yeah, they, Germany's they, a big one. I saw Hey, yeah. they actually really like it over there. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you understand German folks like myself, uh, you'd see there's a, there's a lot for them to like. There's a good reason why they might catch on to it. I'm honestly oh, for sure. The, the physicality alone, man, is, is... Cou- coupled that with like the strategy that goes into it. Yeah, because it's like you're playing human chess on the yeah. field. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah, it's springing up all over the place. So I did find that to be interesting. The only reason I did the research was because. I wanted to know who Reed Snet was. Who this dude was. Yeah, you couldn't even find his footage on YouTube. You found one game, and he did not look good in it. Yeah. So so we need a backup quarterback. That is the, yes, short version of that (laughs) long-ass soliloquy. No, that was some good conversation, I thought. Um, uh, You know, I got to be honest, Mm -hmm. haven't put too much thought into it. Um, I like a Tyrod Taylor I know is an option I would love that um I know there's people in the fan base hoping for Alex Smith I would not Um, love that I I would love that well you know hopefully your backup quarterback never plays um 
So I don't know what I don't know. Does Alex Smith want to start? You know what I mean? Like, is he going to get that shot? Well, they all want to start for sure. But okay, I'm sorry. Is anybody going to want Alex Smith to start? You know, like he didn't. I I wouldn't. Yeah. From the sounds of it, uh, uh, Ron Rivera didn't want him to. Yeah, no, absolutely. If they're going to, they're pressing forward with basically no quarterback. I, I, they're not going to roll out with Heineke long-term or whatever. My, so. guy, my guy said no quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback right now, but um, yeah, I don't know. The, the only name that jumped out to me was, was Tyrod Taylor. But what I do hope we do is uh, kind of the Patriot move where they just draft a quarterback every year late. Um, and then, you know, we, we move forward. You never I know what you're going to get. You know, yeah. You, you build that backup. Yep. Um, you Always trade them if they developing. Exactly. So I hope Flores kind of brings that over with them and we get, it's probably too early. They wouldn't, but like a Kyle Trask, he, he I mean, I don't know if they would make a fun. move. I don't know if they would spend a third rounder to do it. It's probably more likely a fifth, sixth or seventh. Yeah. Um, but I, and I would have to, I had another name man. I forgot it for the fifth or sixth round. Um, and of course I didn't write it down, but I, I would hope that, but then you probably also don't want that dude to be your backup. So we're looking at a signing also. So yeah. I, I don't know, long story short, I, you know, Ty Rod's the only one I saw that kind of really stuck out to me. Um, I would love Ty Rod. I've always loved him. Well, uh, to Rod, but if, you know, that was a story for a second there is how the pronunciation of his name, but uh, I, I, I like, I like him because he presents a very good, I guess a very solid uh, veteran presence. And he's been in a lot of, been on a few different teams in a number of different offenses. He's got a decently strong arm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's of course mobile. And um, And he's a professional. When you say he's been around and on some teams, he's a professional, which we really learned when he was with Cleveland, you know, he showed up, this man was in the, at the practice facility at 5. AM every morning. Uh, you know, first in the door, last out. And he, to me, was such an inspiration when he was with Cleveland because he was there and he was really cultivating that family feeling within the locker room, which I, I guess really made it heartbreaking because it's like, damn, I bring him in to, br- to be the bridge and you know he's not going to stick around. And then he's still the one that's galvanizing this team and trying to bring them together. And uh Either and I like what you said because you you know you 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 sign a backup quarterback in hopes that you never have to see him play. But on that note, I would prefer to have somebody who I'm not afraid to see play. You know what I mean? So now me personally, I I'm a big fan of that ABD. Always be developing. I I like to draft a draft a new quarterback. Shit in Madden, I draft a quarterback like every single time I trade one. Anyways, I like to draft him, develop him, trade him and keep that cycle going uh, because I, 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 I like the idea of always having somebody, um, you know, not waiting in the wings, but uh, kind of in progress. 